We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We ain't talking about the game. What are we talking about? We're talking about practice, man. Knocked away by Cheeks and a steal. Cheeks will use up the clock. What's good, y'all? It's Uptown Tone here. Special, special episode, man. As you can see, you can see us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Me and the councilman here on this snowy Sunday in Philadelphia, man. We couldn't get up live, so I said, you know what? Let's mess around on the Zoom, man, see what we can do. So that's what we're doing right now. What up, Zeke? What's going on, Tone? I'm excited, man. It's my first time talking sixes in some time, talking sports in some time. Right. So I'm ready to dive right into it. Right, man, right. First of all, let me ask how you doing, because it's been a while, COVID going on, I ain't seen you. I know if anybody in this city is busy, I know it's you. So how you been, man? How you holding up? Man, I'm doing as good as can be expected. I'm just blessed that my family is good. I know there's so many folks out there suffering through this right now. So, you know, I'm just blessed that it hasn't hit us as hard as it hit other folks. Um, but, you know, it's just trying our best to maintain, you know, the mental health side is real and all this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah but it's all good. Right. How are you, man? How you holding up? I can't complain, man. Same, same here. Uh, just making sure that the family is good. We staying busy. We staying mentally uh, exercised. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just making mm-hmm. sure that we, we're not just stagnant and, and driving ourselves crazy. Uh, and just um, you know, making sure we staying safe as possible. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. and our travels yeah. to the to the market and to our essential places. So right. <laughs> right. It's been an essential last couple months. So yeah. Yeah. But like you like like you said, man. When the people see you, when they hear your voice, they know what you're here for. So let's get right into it, man. And that's the Sixers, man. Um, I was just talking last week with a couple guys. I had two on five Mike on. I had Ralph on. I mean, uh, Cliffy Baby on, and I had um Prescos on, man. And we were just we were just talking about the Sixers. And as another week passed uh, since that, uh, I'm I'm still high on them. I'm still I still feel good. Um. I'm just happy, man. I'm happy that we're out of I don't even want to bring it up, but I, I feel like I have to because me and you haven't talked about it since we talked about it last season. But I'm happy to have that pressure, that feeling, that soap opera, that drama, and all that stuff that was going on last year uh, lifted, it feels like, from upon us and have some crazy pieces here, starting with one, Doc Rivers. Um, two, Seth Seth Curry has been, has been very good uh, 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 for me to see. Uh, the development of Shake Milton. Um, Jojo MVP Embiid at this point, it's like wow, did he hear every single last thing that every single last person was saying? Uh, and then Ben, um, I'm not as uh disappointed as Ben, um, as a lot of people are still, you know, echoing and putting that pressure on him. And I have some things that I want to say and talk about because I've been eyeing the situation closely since that Celtics game where he took over in the fourth. I'm here almost argue that he's turned a little bit of a corner since then uh things that i've seen in my eyes so um that's where we at with it man how you feel overall because uh they, they heard me speak last week uh how you how do you just feel uh, about the sixers at this present moment i mean overall i feel like we're playing good regular season basketball i think that um mb is definitely the mvp of the league if the season ended today i think yep. that's um a pleasant surprise i'm surprised i'm glad 
And I think the most surprising part to me is how many minutes he's playing per game and how he's playing in longer stretches per game. So, yeah, no, that that part is um, is amazing. Um, I do agree with a lot of the things you said, except for Ben Simmons. Um, I, I personally am disappointed in uh, not the stats. You know, the stats are, are alarming somewhat as far as the points per game. But again, just watching the games, just, you know, still being reluctant uh, as it relates to shot attempts. Like there should be a minimum amount of shot attempts yeah. that he's taking per game. And I think that, you know, he's there was a fine balance before, you know, what's a good shot, what's not a good shot, you know, getting your teammates a better shot. But it's turning into a liability and it's turning to more and more of a glaring liability at times with certain lineups and certain situations present themselves. And for me specifically, the most frustrating thing is when he runs full speed down right. court and he premeditates what he's going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like he already has in his mind that he's going to go to the hole, no matter if it's three people there, or he already has in his mind that he's going to pass it, even if nobody helps, Right. he, he still stops and is looking to pass. And, you know, I, I'm not, he, he, I don't think he does it as often as he used to, but it's right. still a prominent issue. So too much for your life. Everything liking. else I agree with though. I agree with you about, you know, I'm a, I am like Tyrese. Uh, I like the development of Shake. You know, again, MVP, Embiid. I got to give Tobias Harris credit because he's probably well, been. That's my, and that's, I, I apologize, yeah. Toby. I, I seriously apologize. Tobias has been playing lights out. I feel like that's one of the X factors in the way that we're playing right now is the, is yeah. how we Tobias can rely on Seth him Curry. right now. Yeah, it's Tobias and Seth Curry. It's yeah. Tobias being a second leading scorer, like, like you asked him to, right? Like, so. You know, if you're a Sixers fan, you understand that Ben technically is not our number two scorer. It's actually Tobias. That's what we paid him to do. Right. Um, and this this year he's doing it. So Tobias, for sure. Um, and then Seth, Seth Curry is shooting the ball probably better than anybody who's played in a Sixers uniform in recent history besides probably J.J. Redick. And you could argue that he's on. Right, he, he's on the same level as JJ Reddick. You can make that argument. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, I want to draw. So, uh, just with me with Ben Simmons, I feel, and I, I like, I don't know. I guess I have sort of, sort of a not a soft spot, but I don't have like his development and just w- seeing the way the game goes. Um, he does, he does so much, man. Like Doc Rivers always says that you know he's like the ultimate stuff that doesn't come up in the stat sheet, and I know that that's not what you're looking for in a person of his caliber and a person of in his position, you know, what we pay him, what we ask him to do, the minutes that we give him, the 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 the, the time that we put the ball in his hands. I know you asked for a little bit more, um, but I have been seeing a little bit more, me personally. Um, I know early in the season he was dealing um, – his name was coming up in a lot of the trade rumors. Uh, I know, you know, I, I, uh, I might be trying to shoot him, Bill, or anything like that, but that's a lot on a player, you know what I mean? Especially somebody like him who's already been going through what we're going through. We know he seems a little sensitive, you know what I mean? Um but to have that pass, and not only that, but to be the person who was that aggressive person who took over in that fourth quarter in that game, I think it was two weeks ago now, uh, where we played against uh, the Boston Celtics, a, a, a conference rival, somebody who we barometer ourselves against uh, in recent seasons a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just to see where we're at. Uh, and it was one of those games where we see where it looked like it was the game that we saw uh, uh, multiple times. And he, something just turned to him where he, he was just that aggressive player. He wasn't thinking about it. He wasn't doing things of that nature. Uh, the second game we came back, I think it was against the Orlando Magic. He came back and he had uh, uh, 20, 20, 11 and 7. I think he might have had a 20-point uh, triple-double. Uh, he came out. And then just recently we played against the Lakers uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a preview of what many seem, even some talking heads and pundits, think maybe the NBA Finals this year 
an uh, uh, early preview of um, uh, us against the Lakers, and he had a triple double against LeBron. It was it was it an Iguodala uh, poor man's triple double? Yes, but a triple double nonetheless. Um, in a win and in a tough close game. Um, so that's just what I'm seeing from Ben. I also see what other people are seeing. I definitely want him to do it at a higher clip. I definitely think that I agree with you 100%. At this juncture in the road, there has to be a shot temp, a shot attempt minimum. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care what those shots even look like or where they come from. I just need to look up and see, oh, Ben Simmons had 15 of them things. Okay, cool. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, right. So I do agree with those things. Uh, but um, all in all, I, mean, I, uh-huh. I don't think, I don't think we make it to the finals yet, though. I think, um, and that's and that's exactly what I was about to ask you. What I want to get into, and is what you're saying based off what you saw in that in that game against the Lakers, or just that and, and a couple other things? No, nah, I think I based it off of, and that was a great game against the Lakers. I, I think it was a great basketball game just to watch. Um, but I, I just I, I based it off of the fact that it's going to be about matchups. I think that there are certain teams in the East we match up well with, mm-hmm. and there are other teams in the East whereas though we'll have to see. Um, right. The other teams that I feel like we just don't match up well with. So I think it's going to really depend on matchups. If the matchup favor, if the matchups favor us, I do think we can make it to the finals. I think we're going to need, um, you know, some things to land in our lap. But I do think that the matchups are the key. Um, and you know, look at Brooklyn for example, right? Brooklyn against Boston. You know, I think the, I think I think Boston mops the. I think Brooklyn mops the floor with Boston. Right. Brooklyn against Milwaukee. Uh, I don't know. I don't know because number one, Milwaukee doesn't have that. I mean, I'm sorry. Brooklyn doesn't have that doggone defense. Like that is an important thing that they're missing. I'm here. They're trying to sign like Shepard or somebody like that. Cause they recognize that they don't have that Draymond Green, that PJ Tucker, that, you know, Octavius Caldwell Pope, like guys who just gonna just out there just to be scrappy, you know, that Rondo, you know, and then even with the Lakers, you're also talking about a Marcus Hall, the former defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis, significant rim protector, right? Like, so yeah, they got DeAndre Jordan, but that's that's not it. You know, their best defender is Durant, which right. is I'm you know, Durant's you know, he's he's legit, but He's not what you would call a dog on D. So I think that they would struggle against Milwaukee. Right. You know, I, I think they would. I think they mock Boston. I think a Sixers team they might struggle against. I don't know how that ends. I, and, and if I think about that matchup right there, that matchup, you know, leads into another one of your talking points for tonight. That matchup makes me feel like we need to make another move. Yes. Yes. That yes. matchup. Any other match? I mean – uh, any other matchup in the East besides them, you know, I think sometimes Boston has our number, right? We did beat them, but we beat them without Tatum. So I do think that there's something there with them where sometimes they just have our number. Um, but I'll say the same for us against Milwaukee, right? I think there's sometimes where you look at Milwaukee, it just, it just feels like we have their number. Yeah. Right. We also, uh, Sixers, we also struggle against the Raptors. I mean, they're not, Nowhere near who they've been in the past. I think for them not playing in Toronto actually is, you know, impacting them. It's one thing when everybody's in the bubble. It's another thing when they're the only team that's not playing in their home arena and not with their family and not, you know, a part of their regular routine when they already didn't have, you know, elite talent. Chemistry was more of an important part of their success. So 
I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what the season is going to bring. I think that's the key. Um, I do like where we are for sure. I would not, I would not give up any significant assets unless I was getting a player. Stop right there. Stop right there. Now name your significant assets. Cause this is where I think a lot of, not in a lot of the conversation, but I just want to know, I'm just curious to know what your significant assets are. So, I mean, I'm not giving up at this point right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up uh, Ben. I wouldn't, I think Tobias is earning the right to say, let's just finish this year out with him. Cause he, so I wouldn't give up Ben. I wouldn't give up Tobias. Definitely wouldn't give up Embiid. Um, I got to keep Curry. Um, he's, he's shown a core part. I'm not giving up any draft picks either. And that's probably where it stops. And I, I might give up one draft pick if I'm getting somebody like maybe a Zach Levine. Mm. Like if I can get Zach Levine or Bradley Bill, then that's, yeah. that's, that's a little different, but I'm still going to try to keep those three, three. and Curry four. I'm going to try to keep those four. And, and even if I can get a Zach Levine or a Bradley Bill. Pre pre Harden trade, I didn't want to cut ties with Tyrese Maxey. I was a big guy. I was high on Tyrese Maxey. I watched minimal basket uh, college basketball last year. I watched about five games, three of them in uh, five games in their entirety. Three of them were Kentucky, and I just loved that kid. And the simple fact, and I keep saying that there wasn't a March Madness, is the only reason why he didn't go top ten. And once he fell to us, I was like, man, this kid is something. So right. pre pre the Harden trade, I was like, nah, I don't really want to give up Maxey. But um, it was some great points made on the 444 last episode, uh, especially by P and my man Mike, of why you should have went after Harden. And it was only really basically because of, of competition reasons, chess move reasons, because uh, the teams, the team that he went to, the only reason why you would consider it, because I was I was against going well, to get I Harden. Mean, I, I, I mean, how, how did we not consider it? The reports. Well, we, we absolutely did. We absolutely did. But, you know, the reports said that we was used as bait, right? Like, they right. Just, they just was they was never going to send Harden to us. Right. Which. Makes sense to me. I would have been genuinely shocked if they would have actually traded Harden to us after Daryl Morley did what he did. Right. That would have genuinely shocked me. So I, right. I don't know. I don't, I, did we ever really have a chance to get Harden? Uh, I don't know. I know we were in the running, and, it, and I'm glad that we were in the running because uh, historically, those are just people and those are plays that we just don't even bother or even try to get in. But now I, that the move has been made, a move has been made, and it's been made in conference, it's been made in damn division. So, um, I think that we – I absolutely think we need another piece. Uh, there's three guys on my radar that I really like. It's one more that P has been trying to put on my radar, and that's Buddy Hill. But the three that I like are, as you mentioned, Zach Levine. I just really like his game. Um, the other one is Bradley Bill. Uh, I really like his game. I like his ability to score, his ability to just play, uh, uh, make plays and score in, in volume. Um, and I like uh, Victor Oladipo. If Victor Oladipo was to be trying to audition for somebody else as to want his own team and not be over there in Houston uh, with John Wall and him. Um, he's been playing lights out lately, especially this week. Uh, I've been watching him playing real good. Um, and Buddy Hill, is, Buddy Hill is good. I like Buddy Hill's shooting. I like his shooting ability, but I feel like we have the shooters that we need. And I feel like with Seth, Seth Curry showing that he's way more than just a shooter, his pick and roll game is, is really good. His pick and roll game is the reason why him and his, and his stepdad, I mean, not stepdad, his father-in-law is the reason why we won the game uh, against the Lakers. Um, I agree. Um, and I don't think that we can, I don't think we can beat tough teams. The Lakers, the, the Nets like that, uh, uh, four times and that's why i think we need another piece what we showed i think that we definitely have an identity this year that's something that i've been begging for um i think our identity is three and d as a team 
especially at our best when we're in transition. And I also think that um, when we're in the half court that we do have Embiid now. Embiid is going to be that killer that we can dump it down and not only get us a bucket when we get it, but when they double, he's showing the ability to pass out of that double team a little bit earlier in order for that ball to move around and get around to the shooters and for us to be a, a, a three-point shooting team. You feel what I'm saying? But in that Lakers, but what that Lakers, I'm listening. No, I was just going to say in that Lakers game, the only weakness that I saw was when we hit 14, I know it was, I know it was some lethargical play and I know it felt like we were going to uh, win and we may have took, took the foot off the gas a little bit, but even still in a, in a, in a situation where we don't take the foot off the gas and we're still going hard, I still think we can end up in a situation like that where we can't get a bucket for a minute, two minutes at a time. And I think that's where we need that that piece. We need somebody who can make a play ball in hand. And I think about just that little short time we had him, but how much uh, better MB was when Jimmy Butler was making decisions out there in the playoffs. Now, I'm not, no argument with that. Like, I think you made some really good points. I just, you know, I think when I think about who, where we are and adding the piece, I mean, I think Bradley Bill would be the, 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 the premier piece to add. I think he would be, the perfect fit. I don't. I don't mind Zach Levine. I don't. I don't agree with Victor Oladipo though. I, I think that. Um, I, I just don't think that he's the level of prolific scorer gotcha. that we need. I think he's a tear below. I think we need a person who's between the B and the A. And he's like a C plus. Right. He's every legit. time I. But every time, because you're not the first person I said that to. And it's been this week, but every time, no, I keep saying because he's been playing lights out this week. So that's like a, a, a five to seven day take that I got. Right no, but he, you know, he, he, he had stints in his career where he's really shot the ball well. He's really right. scored at a high level. And he's also had some unfortunate situations with injury. Right. So that hasn't been uh, something that's been in his favor as well either. And I think for us, we just need a short thing right now. And it doesn't become more short right. than Bradley Bill. Right. And that's. Um, that's where my mind is going for that for that fourth that coming down the stretch in the fourth against these elite teams who have three who ha- have three of them. The Nets got three of them. They got three right. for sure closers. Um, you know what I mean? The Lakers have two for sure closers. And then when you when you add LeBron, he kind of makes whoever the other three people on the floor are for sure closers too, just with the confidence that he gives them. So and the ability to give them the ball like on point on 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 point. And that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Yep. So I think that we need something of the same caliber because if Ben Simmons is not going to be doing what he needs to be doing and playing as aggressive and as constant as he needs to be playing, and um, I don't know how much we can bank on Toby's uh, consistency and keeping this up, but not only if uh, uh, not only saying that if if or if he doesn't keep this up, but if he keeps this up, even if that's enough, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I myself, as a fan, as somebody who looks at the game, I am definitely in favor of trying to make a move before the trade deadline for that one last piece. Um, oh, as, I am, as I'm thinking about it right now, I'm about to knock the damn microphone over uh, because I just thought about this point. It's not written down. Uh, also, there are, two, um, there are two LeBron agitators lurking out here. There's two LeBron agitators lurking out here. It's Mike Beasley and uh, Lance Stevenson are in the G League or going to be playing in the G League bubble. So I think that those are two names to watch. Um, I think the only reason that they're in the G League bubble is to stay in shape and to get ready for playoff time to be acquired by a team that could use their services in a playoff run. Uh, we've seen how that's worked in recent years for a couple of players. That should be working in football. Like we got Antonio Brown about to play in the Super Bowl this uh, this, this Sunday. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm I looking for a piece. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I would want them guys. You know, I think. No, that, I'm, no, I'm just saying, just that's just something. Not, not us personally, but that's just something yeah. to look at. And the, and the, that's just, you know what I mean, a little bird said that they in the G League. And I'm saying they in, they in there for a reason. So that's just something they're to look at. In there for a reason, I agree yeah. with that. And and I agree with your analysis of why they're in the G League. I do agree with that. I don't know if they're the pieces that we pick up. Right, um, right, right, right. I do think we need to pick up something. I don't mind picking up JJ Reddick off of uh, out of New Orleans as well too. I don't acquire him for pretty much nothing. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll take J.J. Reddick now because I'm about to say I don't like his shot selection, but I, I don't mind that shot selection with what we have now. I don't, He's coming I, off the bench for us, right? He's yeah. a different stage in his career. He, he ain't already getting, has, he ain't getting know, 20 shots this time around. Right, but he also has level of comfort playing with our guys. And then, you know, earlier you mentioned another point that I think that is, is important. And when you talked about, like, the pieces and the success, mm-hmm. and you talked about, you know, Doc Rivers. You started with Doc Rivers. Yes. I agree with that. You talked about our identity, too. I think that one of the success stories for us this year is that we, we we have been able to shoot the three well, but I just don't think that we focus on shooting the three like we right. used to. Right. You know, I think that this year you see more of an inside-outside situation. Right. I think it was like a thing where you just felt like it was mandatory for guys to shoot threes. Right. Like you had a minimum number of threes you had to get up, especially watching Al Horford last year. Right. It was like, like what is going on in the locker room where guys feel like they got to shoot these threes? Right. And now this year, a lot of our threes, yeah, come out of transition still. I, and I'm, I'm a fan of that. Right. But in a half court, they're definitely coming more out of, um, you know, and be touches yep. into the yep. post. Then you know, guys just jacking up threes because they feel like they got to be the quota. They are they, the ball. One thing I will say: uh, ball movement. Ball movement is great this year. Ball movement. The ball's not stagnant. It's not staying still. It's not doing uh, silly things of that nature. The ball is the ball is moving. Um, and I feel like the threes. The three is the shot that that is that is being given to us at the end of that ball movement. I just think that when you have somebody so, so big, um, so close to the basket that it pulls the attention there at some point, even when the ball is moving, that that open shot has just been more often than not been the three-pointer, and we've just been uh, rising to the occasion and knocking it down. So, um, yeah, man, um, it definitely looks way better. Doc Rivers is just – you can see. This is the things that I was asking for last year. Like, and I'll take it back to that Lakers game, but in that two-minute stretch where Ben Simmons was uh, on the ball and we couldn't get a score, and like you said, he was doing his thing, coming down, already making his decision when he had the ball in his hand, doing all of those things, and that's ultimately what got the Lakers back in the game, and then they had that uh, play to Anthony Davis at the end that let them go up by one. Um, When Doc called the timeout, you immediately saw, I immediately saw something. One, it was the time was getting down. Uh, but two, Ben was the inbounder and he inbounded that ball to Seth Curry. He immediately made a change. Like he didn't just rely on or just, they just got to figure it out. A lot of times, like Brett Brown would say, or like a lot of, I'm not even going to put that on Brett Brown, but a lot of other coaches like to say that too. I think that was made famous by uh, uh, Phil Jackson uh, with, with Kobe and, okay. and, 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 uh, and, and Shaq, he used to always say, sometimes I just let them figure it out. Like, look, they look over to me for a timeout. And I just, and I think a lot of coaches adopted that because, you know, they adopt a lot of things that it's a copycat league, like they always say. But um, Doc sure. doesn't do that. Doc is, oh, hold on. And he came, he uh, been inbounded the ball to Seth Curry. And like I said before, Seth Curry is more than a three-point shooter. I think he's one of the best, if not the best, pick-and-roll player we have on our team. Just his decision-making. And to have somebody like Embiid, um, uh, on your team to have shooters on your team, so he actually ran the motion. Definitely I think he was, one of the hardest to guard. Right, he ran the motion with. Um, 
He ran the motion with Toby. And uh, as I look back at it, Toby's man was LeBron. But because you don't have been on the ball, what was LeBron immediate instinct? Oh, shit, that's Seth. I got to get out. I got to get out on the screen. And now you got Caruso on Toby. And now you're just asking Toby to do what you've been asking Toby to do. And he did it. You know what I'm saying? Was that great? Yes. Was that good coaching? Absolutely. Was that a great shot by Tobias Harris? Yes. Am I looking for that or looking to win like that four times against these elite teams? Hell no. We need to be, we need to do something else or we need another piece. Um, And I know development is part of it too. The season to go on, will get better. Uh, You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, that's, that's just things that I see. uh, Like, like you said with Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers is an amazing part, amazing piece of this thing that we have here. I agree a hundred percent. And it's, it's showing itself in close games. Yep. Close games is where you really see the difference because the Sixers fans were just, you know, we're accustomed to losing those games. And, right. you know, I'm not saying we've won every one, but you feel a little bit better about our chances of winning. All right, so let's so let's open it up a little bit. We talked about who we want. You said you like Bradley Bill. That's the ideal piece. If not us, where do you see these guys moving to? Because I, I, it doesn't look like a lot of these names that we're talking about. Well, I'm not going to say a lot. I'll say Bradley Bill for sure, for sure. It doesn't look like he'll be seated long. Um, where do you I see? I don't think I don't know if Bradley Gil- Bill gets moved. Yeah, I mean he. Well, he hasn't come out and said that he wants to be traded. Right, his name is yeah. in trade rumors every year. And if I'm Washington, you know, if I can hold on for another year, I'll I'll hold on for another year and try. Right. I mean, they did make a move and try to get Westbrook to help him. Um, I, I thought that was a good move. It hasn't worked out. I'm shocked, honestly. I thought Westbrook was gonna you know, um, do a little better in the East and have a little more success. But clearly, you know, that his career is, you know, it took a significant drop. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, you know, I think I, it's interesting because I, I don't understand the, the, the jump shot dynamic with Westbrook. Normally people's jump shot get better as their career um, ages. And his just has actually gotten worse. Free He's, throw percentage. He don't be playing. Nine. He don't be playing basketball. I just said last night. Zeke, he get he, he get in the argument every night. He get in the tussle every night. Like yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that his. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like mental health is real with everybody. So it is. Know, it is. It is. Or, you know, I don't know what's going on, but he just. You know. So I, yeah. I think Bradley. I think Bradley stays. I think. I think Zach Levine is probably the one who's likely to get traded, just because. The Bulls, I mean, you can't build your franchise around Zach. He's not on the level that of that. And the Bulls, you know, they're fairly young. And, yeah. you know, just where they are as a franchise, it makes sense to trade Zach Levine for assets to try to build for the future because what they have and the direction they're going in, they're not going to be good anytime soon. So right. um, I can see Zach getting moved. Um, we talked about Oladipo, maybe. He's still new out there in Houston. He's playing well. It looks like John Wall is a little comfortable out there. And that with, might uh, be, a, it, and like you might said, fit, might fit for a little yeah, while. And like you said, he's not of caliber, which I probably, which he probably thinks he is. You know what I'm saying? I know he was playing at a very high level before he had that uh, injury. Um, but like you said, uh, it looks like from what I also from what I've been seeing this week is it looks like it fits. Like him and John Wall is not a bad backcourt. They really turn up in the fourth. Yeah, got Demarcus Cousins out there who's playing good basketball after his injury. Um, not surprised at that, but just I'm I'm happy because those guys who have them ill injuries, it's just so scary. It's just so scary. So to see them come back and, and play at a high level and play really good. And you look at your bleacher report, and it's like Demarcus Cousins 28, 14. It's like, yeah, good, man. It's it's good to see Boogie. So um, I'm always root, I'm always rooting for stuff like that, man. But um, yeah, yeah Kevin just... Love would be my last one. I think uh, mm. Kevin Love moved out of Cleveland, right? Um, 
for um, a playoff contender who might look to, you know, solidify some veteran big shooting and physical presence. I'll bet Amon probably gets more. Amon Shumper uh, has reported that he's going to fill that 14 spot on the Brooklyn Nets uh, roster. How do you feel about that? Uh, they should have went with J.R. Smith. Same player, a mm. little better shooter. Just was playing recently. But, yeah. that you know, we all know NBA is the business. So, yeah. there's probably some type of agent involved that, you know, we don't really know about. No, I got you. Yeah, man. Um, all right. So, that's Sixers talk, man. Uh, LaMelo Ball. Um, I, I just, I just, I don't think I've ever gotten, um, your take on, on LaMelo ball at all. But now that, uh, it's a foregone conclusion, at least for some people or that we've seen him play in this league. What are your thoughts, man? Well, I think it's extremely disappointing when you watch LaMelo ball play and you, you're a Ben Simmons fan because it is, I mean, because you know, LaMelo really don't shoot the ball that well, right? Like, like, he's got a nice touch, but, like, as far as, like, a pure jump shot, like, he's he's not the guy who you're going to consider a spot-up shooter, right? But he plays with a lot of confidence. He has he great some. vision. He has great length. He rebounds the ball well, right? And everything I'm saying sounds just like Ben Simmons. The only yeah. difference is, is LaMelo Ball has the swag of, swag of Kelly Oubre, while Ben Simmons has the swag of, you know, I don't fucking know who. Jim Kelly. You know, I just... I don't and the, know. the quarterback, he got right. quarterback swag. No, yeah, he got... it's, it's like, you know, Kelly Oubre, you. if I was, you know, if I was an agent, you know, I would show him Kelly Oubre film of this season. I watched the Warriors play a lot this year. So when you talk about rookies, I, I do like Wiseman. I think he's a good rookie. Woo. But I do see uh, Melo as the um, rookie of the year. And mm-hmm. I do like Tyrese. I think Tyrese might find himself on first team all rookie. But the thing about LaMelo, again, that is frustrating to me is how how similar his strengths are to Ben's strengths. And the only thing he does is he just pours with confidence, right? Like he, everything about him, his swag and how he carries himself, you know, is the opposite of Ben. Ben plays hard. He plays tough. I'm not saying Ben's not confident. Ben's a, a high IQ player. Right. But when you go item for item, like who's the better passer, LaMelo or Ben? LaMelo. I mean, did you hesitate? Yeah. I, I'm just saying Ben got down. We all ben got down for sure. Down. He got some stuff with him. Melo got some stuff with him too. I'm not saying he don't. But because they're so similar and because Ben is 6'10", right, he's a little faster, a little more athletic, a little more seasoned. When you see what LaMelo's doing, is nothing but him playing with more confidence and this guy second-guessing himself. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, Melo's, you could, I mean, I don't, I'm not surprised. I think the only thing that's surprising is the fact that he ended up growing a couple inches and he's now 6'8". And he's doing these things at 6'8 instead of 6'6". Six, six. And I do think that makes a difference. I think those two inches is the, Absolutely. Is the difference and the biggest surprise. But I like the rookie class. Um, like I said, I like Wiseman. I think Wiseman is going to be um, a star in his league. He's going to be he, something. He, he couldn't ask something. for a better situation to be in. And I think that is mm-hmm. really was going to help him maximize his potential. He's got all star quality, star potential, star uh, yep. star upside, and he's got Draymond teaching them. Like, that's going to be a dangerous combination and uh, and for years. Like, you know what I mean? Down the line. 
Because he's Draymond's gonna have IQ, but Steph's work ethic. Exactly. Right? Like, so at the end of the day, he is seeing Steph. You know, yeah, and just ball handling, shooting, and just out. pure and and his own just pure raw talent of just yeah. of just what God gave him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, man, lefty too. Like it's just yeah, man. He's 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 scary good. He's scary good. We a year into Zion. Zion seems to be keeping these numbers up. He's somebody that I actually uh, enjoy watching. He's somebody else that has that. Uh, just stays around the ball, man. Whether it's rebounding or you know what I'm saying. Um, yep, I agree. I mean, I think Zion. The thing with Pel- the Pelicans and Zion that I've seen is he just doesn't get the ball enough, and I think right. he's a victim of the error that he's playing. Look what he and look 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 at his output not getting the ball enough. Like right. Imagine if they like he had concentrated plays or you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I wouldn't run my offense through Brandon Ingram if I was them. You don't like you don't like Bi. Not no liking, uh, but just I'm going, I, 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 well, I'll be honest, I do have a bias, I don't necessarily <laughs> like him, but I do respect the fact that he's gotten significantly better. Um, mm-hmm. he is one of the better players in our league. I'm not going to say that he's 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 an all star level talent at this point of his career now, yeah. but I don't think he's Zion, I think he's an all star level talent. I think Zion has the chance to be an elite level talent, and I just yeah, think absolutely. it's a difference. And I would take my, I would, I would, you know, I'll take my wounds, you know, learning from Zion now than a, a Ingram that's slightly more polished, but I don't think will ever be a number one option on a championship contender. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think I don't think Ingram is a number one option on a championship contender. I, I agree. There is a chance you can get to the point where Zion can be the best player on a championship contender. It depends on how his career evolves. I mean, Zion can move in the direction of a LeBron Greek freak type, or he can go in the direction of like a Blake Griffin, Antonio McDice type. So you know, it can go either which way. And the big part for Zion is going to be whether or not he stays healthy and who he ends up playing for. Because he needs that opportunity to say that, you know, I'm going to be the number one guy that takes us over the top, not the guy who just takes 15 shots a game. That's a fact. That's definitely a fact. Yeah, man. Um, it's getting it's getting crazy out here. But I uh, I am enjoying the, the NBA. Um, we got to talk about it Uh because it's the over the overall looming thing on the NBA, and then we can uh, transition to high school sports after it. But uh, COVID in the NBA, um, it's 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 a lot going on. Um, oh, uh, I did just read too. I was just looking down at my phone. Um, I know we we're about to play. Uh, we as in the Sixers in about twelve minutes against the okay. Pacers, and uh, and Embiid is out tonight. Yep, that's, that's that. This is this is. This is one of them Ben Simmons moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, you took the word right out of my mouth. I was about to say this is I'm, I'm going to be heavily magnoscope, uh, magnifying glass uh, telescope on Ben Simmons because these are the games where he needs to come up. It was a time where he played extra aggressive when Embiid wasn't out there, and I need to see that again. Um, but yeah, uh, COVID in the NBA, Zeke, uh, there's a lot of cancellations all the time. There are a lot of um, uh. What did you call it earlier? Trace, uh, uh, tracing, contact, contact tracing. Um, there are a lot of new terms introduced. Uh, I know when we first, when we saw this last year, the NBA uh, presented us the bubble and we loved the bubble. The bubble was so safe. Uh, I know we were thinking that, the, uh, I know a lot of the uh, rumblings amongst the players have been that they don't want to go back into a bubble. How do you do that for 72 games? Um, and then we seen in the NFL just how much was going on, how much was going on, and they just never stopped play. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you do you see do you do you see cause for concern out here? Do you see 
do you see a way to even get COVID under control the way that the NBA is operating right now? I mean, it's not going to be 17 weeks of just football like the football, uh, like, the, like the NFL. They absolutely have to play 72 games, and that takes the course of uh, uh, more than any other sport. You know what I'm saying? So um, just what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that I think that where we are right now as it relates to a country and um, our fight with coronavirus, I, I don't I, I don't think the NBA has done a terrible job. I get why people don't want to go in a bubble, right? Like, because now you're like isolated from your family, everything, your social life, social life, everything. I get it. I know I'm not going to understand how hard it is. I think most Americans can understand how hard that is after what we just went through last year. So I understand that. Um, clearly, the NBA could have done better with protocols. The NFL definitely could have done better. Uh, clearly, the NBA could have done better with protocols to avoid some of this stuff, even us um, as Sixers fans, number one team in the East. But, you know, our, our, our one losing streak, I believe our only losing streak this season, um, was when uh, Seth Curry went out with COVID. So right. um, clearly, I've seen the impact it has had on us. With that being said, I just think where we are as it relates to the vaccination process, as well as um, how much we know about the virus. Clearly, there are some things that we don't know, too. I think I don't think we should shut it down. I think we got to uh, continue to modify and change protocols. I, I don't I don't think that we've done terrible. When you look at not just NBA, but college basketball as well, too, um, the amount of testing that student athletes and coaches go through in order to participate in athletic activity with no mask on, um, the type of precautions that's being taken at every level, I don't think so. And then again, with the vaccination um, starting to be dispersed the way it is, I don't think we should shut it down. I think we should continue to stay flexible and, and try. And if it doesn't work and if we see an outbreak, then that's different. But I do say the one thing that we haven't seen in the NBA, like we've seen on a lot of NFL teams, is outbreak with multiple players. I remember an NFL game took place. Um, I don't remember what team it was, but they had no quarterback. No quarterbacks. Right? We seen one with no running backs. We seen one where the damn coach couldn't even come to the game. Like it, it got so ridiculous. Think about the fact right. that Seth Curry tested positive for us, and other players through contact tracing had to sit, but nobody else ended up testing positive Facts. but Seth Curry. It was just Facts. contact tracing, and that was the precaution. So clearly, there's something that's going on where someone could test positive, and if you're doing things the right way, it doesn't turn into a situation where it's a spread. We've seen examples of that. And right. who knows, Tom, maybe some of it is that people are asymptomatic. That's another thing yep. that we don't know. So it's a lot of factors. There are some knowns, there are some unknowns. But one of the things that we have to respect is the mental health side of this thing. And when you look at how uh, the mental health side of the coronavirus uh, fight has been happening, I think that us as human beings in general, I just think we're losing right now. Uh, we're losing it when we see suicide rates go up. We're losing it when we see uh, young people not handling conflict resolution well. We're losing it when we see the number of gun violence, uh, the amount of gun violence in Philadelphia, specifically gun violence in, amongst young people who are 21 and under. Um, I was talking to the CEO of Mastery over the weekend over some things that are not so necessarily positive, but one mm -hmm. of the alarming stats that he gave me was they have more students died the last year from gun violence than all their years before this year combined. That's crazy. So, you know, it's, I, I, the virus is real to me, for yes, sure. Very. I know how real I'm in, it is. No, it's real, no, it's real to me, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, But I do think that, you know, at this point, my my position is I think where we are right now, I think we need sports. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned it, and um, it was definitely the next topic on there. Let's transition into it since we're here now. Um, I often uh, 
um, allude to my son, uh, who's 14, um, basketball player, uh, slash, you know, plays flag football, plays, the, the, he, the, he was actually uh, in the middle of his first year of track when Corona hit last year and couldn't even complete that. And he was really getting into that. So um, just the youth, youth sports, man, youth sports, high school sports. Um, I, I always talk about them like, I, like we were talking about uh, off air. That's the demographic that I think about and I and, and I, um, I worry about most because it's just they're just at a standstill. They're just they're stuck. Right. Like there's it's just them that they're depending on adults and, and and people to guide them through. And it seems like the adults and the people who are supposed to be guiding them through are confused. They're split on one side, on another side. I'm trying to do things of this nature. So um, I know uh, Philadelphia uh, uh, earlier this week or maybe it was last week. I don't know. You know better than I do. But they gave the announcement that high school sports would commence. Um, and I, I can only imagine what that's like, you know, from school to school and the decisions uh, being made there. So. Uh, just speak a little bit to that and and because uh, I know we said mental health is real. So I know we want to uh, make sure we touch on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. So I was happy to be a part of that process. And Good. I can honestly say as a person who's been on city council for a little over a year now, you know, I've been screaming about sports since the season ended last year. And right. so um, the big part that I don't think a lot of people realize is that um, for us, as far as high school sports, first of all, Put yourself in the shoes of that young person who was in 11th grade last year, whose season ended last year abruptly because of coronavirus, right? And then as that 11th grader's season ended last year abruptly, that 11th grader hasn't touched the floor, hasn't done anything. They haven't gotten any opportunity since then. So now that 11th grader is in 12th grade and us in a public league, we are a member of the PIAA. Mm -hmm. The PIAA last year, I believe last August, voted on and passed the rule that allowed winter sports to be moved a few months back, but said that winter sports seasons must end by March 27th. So I, clearly I fought that. I didn't think that was a good idea. Clearly I didn't win that fight. Now <laughs> we look up and, and we have until March 27th for our seasons to be completed and if we don't do it, this will be another year that our young people lost. And we know the stakes are pretty high for our young people, right? Yes, it's yes. not just a young person who, you know, wants to get the Division One scholarship to try to go play big-time ball. No. It's the young person who need tape for themselves, who've grown three or four inches from last year to this year that just want to play Division Two or Division Three basketball. They don't want right. the story to end right now. And that's yeah. a big part of the motivation for them to go to school every day and get quality grades. And so now with no extracurricular activity involved, the kids have to wake up every day. And the only thing they have as it relates to school is looking forward to an education. And unfortunately, that's just not incentive enough for all of our children. So we're in a position right now. And again, I was happy to be at the table uh, working with the Catholic League, the public league, independent schools, um, the mayor's office, the school district, um, the health department to try to figure out what can we do to safely return high school sports back to the city of Philadelphia. And the health department came up with a whole bunch of guidelines, including the young people having to wear a mask and certain things not being able to be shared. But what the health department also said was we have to have what's called an oversight committee. And this oversight committee is actually spearheaded out of my council office. And this oversight committee is going to be responsible for one of the guidelines is games must be recorded, making sure that games are recorded, guidelines are being followed. We review the game tape and we, 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 we provide a report every Tuesday to the health department. So I'm excited for sports to be back. I don't think there's anything else we could have done 
to try to do this for our young people in the safest way possible. And look, Tom, if it doesn't work, then we shut it down. But at right. the end of the day, I feel like our young people should know that we're trying to give them the same opportunity that all the children that they see have in private schools and in the suburbs. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. And I, I applaud you guys for that, for pushing through for the youth and giving them something, man, because they definitely need something. Um, I saw a graphic from I don't even know what city it was or what state, but it was a a a, a group of whoever the league was. Um, I think it might have been in Texas. Uh, the, the the football coaches had compiled all these stats on their players and what was happening with them while it wasn't Corona. A number of them had joined gangs. A number of them had had kids. Another a number of them had uh, been arrested. Another, and you know what I'm saying like it was like so. It's not even just a Philadelphia problem. It's definitely nationwide. Uh, our youth are suffering and they need some outlet. You know what I mean? Being in the house, uh, I get virtual learning and I know the conversation has been there. It's been there, but the conversation needs to be geared more towards uh, the mental health and, and and more towards that demographic, the mental health of that uh, demographic, the physical health of that demographic. Are they getting Absolutely. out? Are they moving their limbs enough at this point in, at this point in time? You know what I mean? We're damn near a year into this Corona thing. So, um, those are things I think about that I continue to speak on. I'm glad that you were here to have a voice uh, such as high as yours uh, and, and know that we got hands on, on the situation and people working on it, man. So that's definitely refreshing. Absolutely. Um, I'm all over it, man. I, I try to use my 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 council seat um, as a way to fight for some of the things that people don't normally fight for. And I could tell you firsthand that when I start talking sports to people, you know, clearly they know the rules of the, the, the actual game, but they right. don't know the rules of engagement. Right. And that's the difference. Right. Like, so, you know how basketball works, but do you know the intricate side of high school basketball? So when we're saying we need sports to return, part of it is like, yo, why not just wait a couple of weeks? I agree. In a dream world, right, where we are with the science, waiting maybe three weeks, right, will put us in a much better position, especially with the distribution of the vaccine. But where we are with the rules suggests if we wait three weeks, we won't have anything. So yeah. it's like we're in a position where we literally waited as long as we could. And you're disappointed that people didn't have the foresight not to put us in this position. But I did have the foresight not to put us in this position. And when I was right. screaming at the top of my lungs, everybody <laughs> looked at me like, you crazy. That's, that's right, right, right. So it's like, okay, well, now here we are. And we're in this big dialogue around return to school, return to sports, what's safe, what's not. And, you know, I'm optimistic that we're going to do the best we can to get our young people back to schools. Because sports, yes, we have to move on that. But then we got to figure out how do we safely return our children to schools and what Facts. that process look like. And, and when? When does that happen? I don't know Facts. the date for that, right? Like, I don't, I'm not saying that that's this week. I'm not saying that that's next week. But I'm, you know, I know little Zeke, right? Little Zeke's tired of virtual learning. I'm sure Kate's in that same category yep. and so many other young people all across the city. You know, they just, they, they, uh, they, they, they did they they did their part. They did their bit. Now they're like, look, adults, y'all gotta figure this thing out. Because gotcha. we see you adults, right? Like we see you go to restaurants, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all doing all this other stuff. Yeah, it's like how is it y'all can do all this stuff? And they it's about a dollar, but yeah. nobody can think that when it's comes to us. Right, and that sucks. I think that that really sucks. Um, just a couple more points before we get out of here. Uh, we lost um a Philadelphia legend this week. Um. Somebody who, when you think about Philadelphia basketball, may be one of the top outside of maybe uh, somebody who actually you've seen with, uh, you know, a Irison or a Dr. J. He's like top three images that come to your head, man. I'm talking about John Chaney, man. Um, we've all been down to North Philly. We've all seen Temple Campus. 
We all have been in uh, McGonagall Hall. Just remember the days, the teams, the legend that is John Chaney, um, everything that he meant to Philadelphia basketball. I feel like that um, a lot of the, I feel like a lot of the Philadelphia basketball mentality when I think when they say things like a Philly guard or this player is Philly tough. I feel like a lot of that stuff is like comes from John Chaney. You know what I mean? At least in my mind, um, one, of, one of just the pioneers here, one of the beacons that we have here uh, pushing this game forward. Uh, Gave so much to it. Um, and um, I'm not going to chalk this one up to Corona because I feel like Coach Cheney lived a very long life, a very illustrious life, contributed so much. Um, so I'm not going to just reduce him to COVID. Um, it definitely happened during COVID times, uh, but um, definitely condolences to his family and uh, uh, definitely a, a, a huge thanks to all his contributions and everything that he's done for the game here and beyond, man. So uh, any words on, on Coach? Yeah, yeah no, I agree with you. I couldn't have said it any better. And, you know, I'll just say from an anecdotal perspective, you know, growing up in the city of Philadelphia, loving the game of basketball, uh, to be able to, to 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 be able to play for Coach Cheney was every like high school, middle school kid dream come true during our era because Temple was the, I guess you could say, the Villanova, mm-hmm. you know, of our time. And I can't even mm-hmm. say Villanova because I think the thing with Villanova is they they do a good job, right? They they got Philly guys, they compete and they competing at a high level, but it's just a certain level of Philly pride that came from Temple yep. that I think is just missing from Villanova. I don't know why or how. Um, but it's just it's just something in the DNA of of Temple and what it meant to 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 have that tradition of not just um, Cheney, Coach Cheney, but also you know Philly guys. You know mm-hmm. he was one of the best players in Philly. You know you you a lot of folks ended up at Temple. Not necessarily everybody, but a lot of yes. ended up at Temple. So a, a um, lot of those elite you know, John Cheney teams that went deep, they didn't go deep because he just recruited or got any five-star recruits. Like he was taking native sons, like Link, the Lynn Greers, the Mark Makins, the th- things like he was taking people from his yeah, own so, backyard and yeah, they were doing big things. Yeah. The list is long. Um, and I agree with you hundred percent. And I think just as a coach in the city of Philadelphia, um, you know, he, 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 he's the person that paved the path and it's a piece of him and a lot of us, if not, Almost all of us. So, you know, yeah. um, rest in peace to the legend. I agree with you. His death is definitely not something that is, you know, restricted to what's going on with COVID. Um, yeah. He'll be somebody that'll never be forgotten in the city of Philadelphia, especially in the basketball community. I think, yeah. I think as far as the sport of basketball, one could argue that the greatest Philly coach ever is John Cheney. That's definitely, I don't, I, I would not argue I, with I, you. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't think Honestly. anybody would even argue with you. Yeah, I don't think I, anybody I would argue that. Too is like as far as like a Philly basketball coach, I would. Yeah. Maybe at this point too might be um um uh, Villanova's coach actually. Jay Wright. Um, Jay Wright. He might be too at this point right now, and his argument would be he won more championships than Cheney. But again, it just speaks to something in the DNA of what it meant for that Temple program and the lineage it had, especially with the public league. You know. Absolutely. And then uh, in uh, basketball news period, we lost a uh, reporter, NBA analyst, uh, C- uh, Siku Smith, um, somebody who uh, not really uh, – you, you had to be uh, into the game to know who he was. Um, somebody who I, I, I respected just because – just the way he handled himself, just the way he presented the news, just the way he presented the NBA, um, just was cool. I, I, always, I was just saying uh, to Peter the other day, every time I saw him, I felt like he was himself uh, – when you hear players talk about Siku, when you hear about him, it's like he had real good relationships. And a lot of times when I hear like, uh, uh, well, Woj is reporting it, well, Woj is like somebody's always trying to get the story, trying to get the hot take so they can get it out there first. And I didn't get that from Siku. He was just somebody that was real cool. He was himself, you know what I mean? Um, 
put me in the mind state of uh, Stuart Scott, but in his own way, not saying that they were alike, but just, you know what I mean? How people are just real cool, smooth, um, uh, real proud to say, man, I like, I like seeing that black man on TV. You know what I mean? And um, that's how I felt about Siku. You know what I mean? So uh, definitely condolences to his family, somebody else that we lost in the, in the basketball world this week. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Just a great, yeah. great, great person, great TV personality, NBA name, NBA voice. Yeah. Definitely thoughts and prayers still go out to his family. Thoughts going forward with the Sixers. What are you looking, just wrap it up. What are you looking forward to? Uh, what do you want to see? Uh, what do you, you mean, any changes, any the, difference? The, the basics is to stay healthy, to stay coronavirus free, first and foremost. Like those two things matter for us significantly. We've seen that already. And then outside of that, you know, I think that we got an opportunity to take a shot at making a championship run uh, to appear in the finals. I don't know if we have enough what it takes to win. But in the midst of going for that, I just don't want to give up too many assets. I remember when we had this opportunity before and we went after Jimmy Butler. And, you know, in hindsight, I don't know if that was the best move because Jimmy didn't stay. That's, so I don't want to give up. That's why. Yep. 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 I don't yep. want to give up too many assets going after, exactly. you know, somebody who might be in the last year of their contract or somebody who might mess up the camaraderie that we already have. And that's what I was saying yeah. right now. We don't have pressure on any one player right now. I like the way the pressure is spread amongst the team. And, and that's, I feel like, what speaks to the way that we're playing and why we're so successful. So I want to keep that camaraderie and I want to keep that feeling going in game to game, actually on the court that way. I don't want it to, to swing like, oh, we got such and such. So we got to do that. You know what I mean? Like, right. that is one thing that I like to th- that, that I think about. I like playing, just playing our game. Um, Joe, uh, Jojo for MVP. We we started. Are we starting that bandwagon now, or am I turning yeah, the keys I'm, a little I'm bit? With, okay, cool. Let's get I it going think, then. Well, then let's get I it going. Think, are we are we twenty games in yet? We're close. Damn near. I feel like when I at the time of recording last week, we were at about fourteen, I think. So I think games we might, in is we did we right there. Normally the quarter mark of the season. It's a little more than the quarter mark of this season because we're of down the, ten. Right, we had seventy two mm-hmm. to eighty two. So 20 games in, I think right now he is your hands-down MVP. I don't yeah. think that anybody can argue that they have um, a better resume right now as far as his team's record as well as yeah. his numbers. And for about the last 45 minutes, the hour we've been talking, I see no – I really – and I'm going to go on record and saying this, and I hope he hears this. I see no way. is no reason for you to not play like we've been looking at you play. There's no reason to go back to the to the, to the three, three-point land. Well – I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's. It, I. Don't, I. I don't mind. He does still shoot a good no, number of per game. He's. I think he was trying. He was living out there, getting catching breaths out there. He I was mean, chilling. It's a different offense set. Right, I mean, setting fake like screens. We can get a break. Yeah. You know what I mean, Zeke. I look at the look at how many times you see him and him and Ben go high low. They right. never did that before. Right. So that's what I'm saying. We run in different sets. I'm telling you the. It, Prior to, he was required to be out there. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you watch Al Horford play, he Al Horford had to shoot a career high on threes last year. Right. And, and when he tried to go out there now, he sees Seth Curry. The people who out there ain't playing that shit. Like, man, if you don't get out of here, like, yeah, go, screen, yeah you bet. <laughs> but he touched right. it a lot on the block this year. No, JoJo for MVP. JoJo for MVP. I'm not even bringing yeah. up that. Like I said, I'm not bringing that remnants in here. He's going to do what he's been doing, and I have faith in him to do that. The only thing with that is just how many games games he plays and you know the load management and things like tonight you know what I mean how, how many times is that gonna happen um okay. I just need two things I need a final since we talking basketball I need a finals um uh prediction and Super Bowl weekend is next weekend and I probably won't talk to you before then or if I do I know you don't get into the football like that but just give me a Super Bowl prediction uh Chiefs next week 
I think Indy Reid repeats. I think um, you want everybody Patrick feel the same. Mahomes, it's too yeah, much. I think huh? Mahomes is looking at Brady and saying, you know, I want it. I, I want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's my it's my time. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's um, the sentiment. Finals. If I had to decide right now, um, my prediction would probably be Lakers Nets. Lakers Nets. If I had to decide right. today, we're gonna ask you at game. We're gonna ask you at All Star break. I think they say I'm we might get an All Star break at March. I know. I, I'm not gonna change my mind on the Lakers. The only thing that would make me change. I don't my want mind you to. That's not where I want you. To. Yeah, yeah, no, and and, I'm, and I know why you're saying the Nets. Probably. I know, I know why you're saying the Nets. I know why you're saying the Nets. And that's as of today. That's as of 129, 2021 at seven o'clock. Yeah, that's how you but feel. Not, that's how you feel I'm now. Not, I think the Lakers win it. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't see a move anybody has made that can beat the Lakers. And I think the team in the East that match up best with the Lakers is actually the Sixers. Got you. Yeah. Well, man, it's been a definitely a good episode. We talked some good Sixers stuff, man. Um, I appreciate your insight on the high school basketball things. We definitely going to keep our eyes peeled to that and have you on and uh, give us an update on that and how that's going, man. Good luck to the team. I know y'all were in the gym today. I First pray. I know it feel good to be back a little bit, a little bit of normalcy. You know what I mean on a Sunday. Um, but other than that, man, I appreciate I you, Zeke. Man, you stay warm, man. I know it's snowing out right now. But uh, thank you, bro. I yeah. appreciate it, man. Always love being on the podcast. Love the 444 podcast. And, you know, anytime you want me here to talk sports, talk Sixers, especially basketball, I'm here. Got you. Tell the Cinder fam I love, man, and we out of here. All right, brother. All right. Welcome back, y'all. We're here with the 444 football segment this week. I'm sitting here with the football guru himself, uh, Carson's Picks, man. If you haven't uh, checked them out, you got to check them out uh, via Kyle Santillian's Instagram page. Um, he's been giving all the picks. He's been damn near dead on with a lot of them. Uh, for such a young age, he has a lot, a lot of football knowledge. So we welcome you here to the full, full, full. Carson, how you feeling tonight, man? Good. How are you? I can't complain, man. Uh, another day, another dollar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we down to two. And then there was two, man. We got from the NFC, we got the Tampa Bay Bucks. AFC, we got the Chiefs. Two teams that have been playing pretty stellar all season. Um, yeah. We got Father Time. Versus this new young gun that's pretty good, man. So uh, how you feeling about it? I, I feel good about this game. Even the Bucks might have home field advantage, but I don't right. think that'll really stop the Chiefs at all. Right. Yeah. Um, the first the first Super Bowl game with home field advantage. That's that's this the, this the first occurrence. And like yep. you said, I, I don't think it's going to have any, any effect on it at all either. Um, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Uh, he solidified. He is who he is in the pantheon of football. But um, for as good as the season that he had, for as good as a playoff run that they had, I think the buck stops here, man. I, and no, no pun intended. No pun intended. I didn't even know I did that. I'm a poet. Don't even know it. But um, I think the buck stops here. I think uh, in, a, in a close, in a very, very, very close game, I think that the Bucks win. I mean, not the Bucks. I think that the Chiefs win 38-31 uh, uh, with, a, with a last second. Not a last second, but uh, the last uh, – Touchdown being scored by the Chiefs. I think that that's how it's going to have to happen, though. I think the Chiefs are going to have to come. Are going to have to come back. I think Tom Brady's going to get an early lead, and then Patrick Mahomes will have to show that he's Patrick Mahomes for the second uh, championship because it's not going to be easy. That Chief, that Bucks defense is pretty good. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> the Chiefs, the Chiefs do have a better record, so I'm not sure if that's going to impact at all. Right. But we are somewhat along the same uh, boat with the scores. My score, I said, was 21-35. 21-35. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a close game. Like I said, it's, it's for one, it's the last two teams of the season. You know what I mean? So it's always a hard-fought game. Well, I'm not going to say always, but for the most part, it's always a good game. It should be a hard-fought game. 
Um, the defense, that Bucks defense is very impressive uh, through these last couple of weeks in the playoffs. And definitely they were showing uh, uh, shades in the, in the regular season. But I think they really got it together with Mr. Devin White over there. That's somebody that I really like, their middle linebacker over there. Only in the second year out of LSU, I think he's going to be uh, good for years to come. Um, but I just think that, uh, like I said, the Chiefs are just too much, way too much. Uh, Andy Reid has hit his stride as a coach. I think that they uh, not only play good as a team, but like each other. You know what I mean? They seem like they really get along. Um, and that four by four, that four by four receiver team is just—it's just way too much at times. Uh, yeah. I forgot, and I keep forgetting his name. I'm going to put it in the notes down there. But number twenty-four on the Bucks. Um, that uh, cornerback, something yeah, the, Davis, I believe. Right, the cornerback. His his stats. You, did you did you get a look at his stats in the playoffs? No. Zero. zero? I thought he was locked down. Uh, I don't know. I saw a graphic in in the playoffs. He might have been locked down in regular season, but in the playoffs, his stats are zero interceptions, three touchdowns, and the quarterback has a 140 uh, rating when throwing at him. And his next assignment is Tariq Hill. So I just want to wish him as much luck as as uh, as I can because I think he's going to need it. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, so but that's what we got here. We got the Super Bowl coming up. We appreciate Carson being on here and joining us. Um, let the people know where they at, where they can find you at, and any other thing that you got coming up, uh, uh, you know what I mean, in the future. Uh, you can find my videos on my dad's page, uh, Radio King Kyle, on Instagram and Facebook, right? <laughs> okay, Kyle Fields on Facebook. Um, but another thing is I do think chemistry will be a really big thing uh, with this game. Right. So. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I definitely think so, too. How so, though? For who? For, for what side? Uh, Chiefs, because they've been with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and everybody else on the defense as well for a couple years now. Yeah. And it's only Brady's first year in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's going to get tight. It's going to get real in the trenches. And that's when that, like you said, that chemistry is really going to come into play because some of that stuff is going to be instinctive. You ain't going to be able to just call a play and, and think everything's going to be going good. So I definitely yep. agree with you 100% on that. Like I said, man, we were sitting here with the guru himself. Check him out on Radio King Kyle at Instagram page, Radio King Kyle's uh, Facebook page. And Carson, we hope to have you on to talk about some Bulls basketball, even though I know you uh, still got that Philly home at heart. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. We out of here. Thank you for having me. No problem.